If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 10 of the Retro Slot Podcast. I am Jay Sniperton. We are currently live on the Jay Sniperton channel with Briar Rabbit. Hello. Hi, Briar. Hello. How you doing? Oh, so God. Tell- we're muted. Ready? Let's try that again. <laughs> we're going to... All right. We're going to go unmute. <laughs> <laughs> Take number two. Hi, everybody. I'm Jay Sniperton. We're live on the Jay Sniperton channel. There are some issues on the DCP channel. And I'm here with Mr. Briar Rabbit. The retro slot is too hot for Twitch. Too hot for Twitch. <laughs> We're just muted and it's all sorts of fun. So what was the issue with the DCP uh, account? Y'all are having... Oh, yeah, we got so basically the problem is we got too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, We had a we had the DCP login is tied to a phone number that doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So we are working with Twitch to get it uh, changed over our two factor authentication changed over because we can't log in. So in the meantime, we're going to be, uh, you know, doing what we can. The podcast will still go up when it needs to go up and the YouTube stuff will still go up where it needs to go up. But the. uh, live streaming is a bit of a question mark until we get that fixed. Well, you're more than welcome to use this channel as long as I'm not live, but that's kind of weird, too. Oh, so. man. I got plans. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Jay get banned off Twitch? Well, the story goes. <clears throat> Jay is definitely going to change his uh, his token <laughs> right after this stream. <laughs> like, just uh, refresh that. <laughs> Jay, we got a lot to talk about this week. There's, there's some actually, there's quite a bit of pretty interesting retro news. Uh, we're gonna talk Altered Beast, uh, the Sega Genesis classic, the, the original in the box game. I have it too. Shit. I, uh, I ordered it like two days after, and I was worried that I it wasn't did too. Get here. I did too. I got that, and I got the Sega Master System version. I yeah. Because I, I like the box that. so much. It's got like you know how the Master System games always have shitty art on them. 
Yeah, that one's actually really good. It's not bad. It, like, and I like, I like the boxes for uh, the Master System because they they're the exact inverse of the Genesis, where the Genesis has the black background with the gray or white lines, like mm-hmm. the grid pattern, and the Master System has the white background with the black lines. I don't know. I just kind of like it. And the contrast, yeah. The mass or the Genesis version was the original game that came shipping or in the box with the Genesis when it was originally released in 1989. So it's got some history to it. So it'll be fun to talk about that. Have you ever played it before this? Yeah, I did as a okay. kid a little bit, but I don't think I ever really got past the first or second level that I remember. Like, yeah, I got to that third level and was like, I don't think I've ever seen this before in my life. <laughs> so it was interesting. Yeah, it was it was fun to play that. Uh, you know, I've been playing some other stuff too, uh, some other retro stuff, which has been fun. Did you hear? Um, Cyber Shadow came out today, which is you know yacht clubs, yacht club. They, yeah, they made, um, I saw that you put that in there. Yeah, they made uh, what's what you call it? Uh, Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight. Thank you. Uh, so their new game came out literally at midnight last night. I actually I don't know when it came out on the Switch because I had it pre ordered on the Switch. But at midnight, it, like I couldn't play it. So I'm like, what the hell? So I look on the PlayStation, and it was live on PlayStation. So I just bought it on PlayStation. It was only $15. You know, it's not like, you know, going to break the bank. Like, are you going to notice yourself with less, like $15 less in your pocket? No, probably not. But are you going <laughs> to notice yourself not playing Cyber Shadow at midnight? Yeah, you're definitely going to notice that. I'm looking at your, your gameplay right now, and some of the power-ups that are dropping kind of look like Mega Man like drops it's interesting. It, it is totally a throwback to um like ninja gaiden and like that type of game it, it, it's pr- it's pretty fun i've only gotten through the first two levels because like since i had two versions of the game i decided why not compare the two versions and see if there's because a lot of times switch games come out and you're like you know should i buy it on the switch i want to play it portably it's fun to play games on the switch but like is it going to be is it going to have slowdown is it going to look worse than on like a modern console or on PC, and it doesn't. It looks fine. It runs fine. So it's actually a, a really nice Switch game to get. Yeah, it looks really smooth. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a fun game. I was really happy. It's one of those games I've been looking forward to for quite a while. While, um, and I was happy to see it come out. They're not the ones who made uh, Messenger, are they? No, I believe that's somebody else. Messenger was a fun game too. Yeah, they they look very similar to me. Yeah. Not so much the level design, but just like the sprites and the movement. Yeah. Well, this one's got <clears throat> cyber ninjas. So the messengers just had regular ninjas. And <laughs> I got nothing against regular ninjas. Like, don't I don't want to get the ninja community mad at me, right? Like, I am I am I am an ally of ninjas, trust me. <laughs> Shadows, you mean, yes. But cyber ninjas, man, are I mean, they're ninjas plus they got like cybernetic upgrades. That's cooler, right? That's just cooler. Where where do they have those cybernetic upgrades, though? Well, I know they have this. The Cyber Shadow has arm upgrades. I know for a fact because I've seen that cutscene so far. Uh, obviously, I'm only two levels in, <laughs> uh, but I don't know where this game is gonna go. <laughs> it's like, it's but I'm holding out hope. To a different game entirely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now I understand why I was rated M for mature. Okay, yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It all it all comes Cyberpunk out. Cyberpunk crossover, yeah. Have you been playing anything good? Like any any good retro games uh on the table? Uh I mean other than Altered Beast, no. I did well 
I played Cyberpunk for like an hour or two. Yeah. And I got through the first mission, which it just throws nudity out there like right off the bat. It's like, oh, oh yeah. naked naked lady, sure. Yeah. Um that was a good thing I was playing by myself. <clears throat> I appreciated that you could put a vagina on the masculine character. And yeah. I obviously that's the way I went. It's cause I'd never been in a cyberpunk world with a vagina before and I really wanted to see what that experience was all about. So you made yourself a Ken doll. No, I don't think a Ken doll has a vagina. No, I mean just I was <laughs> Mine just saying because anyway. it's like there's nothing. Maybe you there. made modifications yeah. to your Ken doll. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, just if you have a knife, now it's got a vagina. <laughs> That's horrifying to think about, to be honest. Not not so much having a vagina, but like the like stabbing it with a knife part. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. It's fine. Did you? So you you only played an hour. You weren't digging on the game. Uh, no, no, no. I just didn't. It was like seven or eight in the morning, and I was like, oh. I should go to sleep. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Were you streaming it, or was this off? off no, live? it was just off stream. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I like that game. I, you know, it gets a ton of hate. Um deservedly so for the release for the state it released in and and how the developers not the developers themselves but the corporate management basically lied to not only investors but uh the customer base and the team and the team and uh i think yeah. it, it serves as a really good uh once again caution to not pre-order anything um but when it comes down to it, i did actually enjoy the game i've played on a very high-end pc though so uh, I did. I did have a pretty fun stream where I played it on a, a launch Xbox One. That was pretty How did fun that go? too. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, that game looks like a PlayStation One game on a PS, <laughs> on an Xbox One. It really does. It's terrible. The load times for some of those textures and stuff is pretty brutal. Yeah, sometimes they just don't load, so you're just looking at like the. <laughs> you're looking at. You're like uh, a Nintendo sixty four could do better than this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, texture yeah. wise. I mean, it's bad. Uh, but the game, I actually had a ton of fun with the game because I really like the stories that the game tells and the characters that you meet along the way. Uh, and I think in a year or two, that could be a really great game uh, once they kind of finish it. It'll be interesting if they can get over the kind of the, the negative press and stuff that's been going on with it. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if they're going to get out of there with uh, without a management change, to be honest. Yeah. Which is too bad because the guy who runs that is still the founder, right? He's like... But, you know, you, you can't do that. You can't just lie. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't do that. Newsflash. Uh, yeah. Especially when there's, like, legal stuff going on. But, hey, anyhow, you want to get to the news? Yeah. Uh, so, at first, I started I started the news stuff, like, a week ago, and I couldn't find anything. I was having real big issues. But I feel like within the last week, um, more stuff has been dropping. And the first thing that I found was... An early build of Zelda 64, which I think it was just called Zelda 64 at the time when they were developing it. Yeah. Files were found inside the F-Zero development cartridge. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, of all the places to find that kind of thing is inside. Was there any F-Zero files on that development cartridge, or was it just labeled on the outside that it was a F-Zero development cartridge? No, I'm pretty sure it was like an F-Zero proper development cartridge that had Zelda files on it. I think. Weird. So... 
it must have something to do with like whatever chip was being used for FCO or something like that. Maybe it had some extra space on there, but there's like a link here and it goes to Nintendo Life. And people have been able to like take those information dumps and like actually create like viewable models of the levels and stuff of yeah. some of those early levels. It's pretty dope. And there's pictures and whatnot too. There's like a, it's a playable map of Kakariko Village, which I think is, is that the first level in, or like the first place you visit in? It's Breath probably of one of the first. Yeah. I don't know for sure. It's and it's like, it's just game. like a grid of like houses. <laughs> it almost looks like Monopoly houses kind of <laughs> like in place with one road that goes down like Main Street. It looks, looks ultra, like ultra basic. Looks like Cyberpunk on Xbox One. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that that's really cool. I also, you know, speaking of Zelda, I also saw that somebody is making like a fan made Zelda RPG in the in the style of Mario RPG for the SNES. Really? Yeah, which I thought was pretty neat. I didn't put it in the stories. Maybe I can find it real quick while you talk about uh, either this or the next story. My question goes to the licensing of that. Oh, yeah. Like, keep that secret, right? It's like, you know Nintendo's going to be all over your ass for that. Like, that sounds like something. Like, if they, all they had to do, all they would have to do is, like, change the look of stuff and change the names of everything. You know, they could get away with it, theoretically, right? Yeah. No, it looks like, it looks like, it looks like if you made Paper Mario, but with Zelda instead. Yeah, I can't find Paper it. Paper Mario I think I saw or on Super Twitter, Mario RPG, and it, it would take me all day to like go through Twitter. But was it the SNES or the N sixty four one? Uh, maybe it was the N sixty four one. Now that you mention it, okay, because you said Paper Mario, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, I think it was the the N sixty four one. But I mean it it had it had like it had Link as like a paper cutout navigating the world in like the mario rpg style or, or paper mario style it was cool looking i, th I think yeah. he uh he put a demo up somewhere and i can't find it now uh but he's definitely scared that N big nintendo is gonna crush his dreams <laughs> which they absolutely will if they find out about it right yeah we could actually we could skip over the next one because there's a big news story that we can kind of wait till last but you just know you just mentioned the nintendo copyright thing and it reminds me that <clears throat> nintendo is Claiming videos on YouTube of, like, the Game & Watch hack videos. Yeah. This is interesting because um, they, if you turn on the screen, I believe that they can copyright strike you legitimately. Gameplay. Right? Yeah. Because you are showing copyrighted gameplay. But if you don't turn on the screen, or if you don't, if you show it only after the hack and don't show any Nintendo properties, I think you're okay. Like you have legitimate beef against that, but it like Nintendo does not want people hacking these things for sure. Right. And if they, they do I'm, get hot hacked, they don't want them sharing it, how it's done. You would think that in the original like meetings about this product, people would be like, well, folks are going to want to hack these, you know, like, yeah, they have to be smart enough to know that. I think it is hard to hack though. You know? Right. It's, so, well, it's only got eight megs of of flash memory, which is probably the reason for that. Yeah, which could fit basically the entire entire NES library on it. <laughs> probably, it could probably fit a handful of games. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
<clears throat> maybe 20 or 30 NES games, I think. Right? I mean, I, my guess is that they want to release more of these, right? Is they'd like to right. do next year is Zelda's anniversary, so they'd like to do, or this year is Zelda's anniversary, so they'd like to do a, probably a uh, Legend of Zelda one, or maybe they'll do some Kirby ones. Like they could go wild with these, do Metroid ones. Like it was, it was pretty popular. Like, this is the problem with, I think, uh, with uh, ROMs and with downloading, like, games like this. It's like, yeah, a lot of the companies aren't doing anything with their properties, but Nintendo definitely is doing stuff with their properties, right? right. Like, if you want to play NES games legitimately, Nintendo expects you to buy the Switch Online service and pay for those properties to, pl to play those games. Like, they're not giving stuff away for free. Like there's some there's some companies that don't do a lot with that stuff or they seemingly abandon it, but Nintendo's not one of those companies, and that is probably like the top tier of eight bit and sixteen bit properties are Nintendo owned stuff. So it makes it makes like the gray area of like a lot of people don't mind downloading those ROMs, but it makes it like kind of more shady, I think, than maybe what we've thought about in the past, in the past five years or so. Why? Because Nintendo is still putting stuff out. I think because they're still actively using that library and still selling stuff, selling services and things with that library. Yeah. I, you know, I just bought the, uh, the Sega Genesis collection uh, on the, on the switch. Uh, Cause it was on sale. It's only like, geez, I can't remember. It was like eight or 10 bucks or something like that for the, you know, that, that collection they put out, like a year or two ago. It's a the cool collection. One. No, it's not free. Uh, it's got like 30 or something Genesis games in it. Oh, the and Genesis. it's got this front end where you can, you kind of like are in your game room, like a 1990s game room. And like, there's a shelf with all your games on it. And you can go over to the shelf and pick out the games and see the box art. You plug the, the games into the console, stuff like that. Um, it's a neat little collection. It's got a ton of like your most, most kind of prized Genesis Sega owned titles. Um, so I bought that. It was on sale and it's a nice system, but like if they're still selling that stuff, like it's super illegal to be downloading. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that stuff doesn't get caught like more, more attention in the eyes of the law. It's the down. It's, I, I imagine it's similar to Napster and whatnot, where the downloading isn't the biggest deal. It's the people that are creating it, uploading it, and housing all that stuff. Yeah. Or, or you know, if you're doing torrents or whatever. Uh, yeah. But the last I checked, I think the last time I looked for a ROM was like 2005. Oh. <clears throat> really? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and me there too. Were, yeah. <laughs> and there were like websites where you could just download them from the website and stuff and so i don't know yeah. if those are even still a thing anymore but oh they for sure are there's uh, <laughs> you know there's there's not like people who are doing because they curate the roms the best right it's like there's there's people who have gotten internet famous just because they've done the best job of curating good rom sets mm -hmm. so if you follow those people on twitter you know where to get the best roms <laughs> you know it's, wow. it's it's really crazy and like i'm not gonna lie to you like i have a mister and I use ROMs on the Mister because, like, it's like having original hardware with a full library for you know everything from uh, NES to you know, geez, I mean, it's got like the Odyssey, 
any Atari system. It's in the in the later we're going to talk about CPS2 arcade boards, you know, like it's just amazing the library that's available there. It'll be interesting if I mean, I guess licensing is the biggest issue here, but why doesn't Nintendo or Sega or whoever create a system that you can actively add games to? Um, that's a good question for a couple of bucks. Like think of the NES classic or something, but imagine if it was hooked up to an online service where you could buy a new NES game for five bucks or something like that. And just like put it right on the system instead of dealing with the legality of folks jailbreaking or hacking their systems and doing it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Cause it also support, and support those companies in the efforts to keep that stuff relevant and keep it updated. Because there's a lot of problems where, like, this stuff is just getting lost. Like, the source code to these games is getting lost. It wasn't saved properly. You know, we don't, you know, like, the Zelda uh, development stuff just randomly was shown on an F-Zero development cartridge. Nintendo doesn't share that stuff with us. But we're super interested in it. That's a part of, that's a big part of history in a major art form, you know, like, that is just like it's because video games have always been kind of corporate. Like especially that early stuff is really hidden from view. Yeah, it seems really easy from for us, at least for me, the consumer. Like, why don't they just do this? It's got to be a nightmare logistically and and licensing of everything to actually get it done. Plus, Nintendo, yeah. I think, always has pretty high expectations on probably market share and profit share and all that stuff. So it's probably. You know, if if companies still own the rights to games and whatnot, they get to jump through all the hoops and get that. It's, so there's probably a lot involved, but it seems like there's a lot of money on the table there for that kind of thing if they decide to pursue it. Yeah, I try and I try to support it too. It's like when, like for instance, I you know I pay for the Nintendo Switch online service only because the only re- w- thing I get out of that is getting access to the NES classics and the Super Nintendo classics, and I'd love to see them add. N64 to that list. I don't. I don't know right. if there's a problem running N64 on that hardware. There may be, um, but maybe when the Switch Pro comes out, they'll add that. Uh, when Sega Genesis Classics, I don't have a problem buying that. I just bought uh, uh, the uh, Metal Slug Collection for the PlayStation Four. I I already have all those games on my Mister. But if SNK wants to, you know, release a collection, then I feel like. If I'm going to play them on my mister for free, I should support like the company that actually right. makes them, you right. know? Um, and I also feel like if you own the ROM legitimately, like if you bought, paid for that ROM, then you have the right to play it on whatever machine you want, you know? You would think. Movie, I feel. Movie rights and stuff are interesting in that way, too. It depends yeah. on what platform you're buying it on and whatnot. Uh, well, I do the same but- thing with movies. I rip all my movies to a hard drive, and then I... Play, I use Plex to play them anywhere in the house. Right. I mean, if you're ripping your own ROMs, you can play them on anything. Yeah. Like, if you create your own ROMs from your own cartridges, that ROM you own. You know. Which is absolutely what I've done. <laughs> to be clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, you mentioned the N64 stuff, and the reason why I find it completely weird is that a lot of those games are on the Wii U Virtual Console Yeah. still, yeah. and you can still access them there. Yeah, like whatever five to ten bucks a piece. But that's a good point. There's nothing like on the Switch. That's a, and how long has the Switch been out? And there's you know that entire library is just 
not there. No. It's weird. Because my, my wife wanted to play Donkey Kong 64, and I'm like, well, there's no real good way to do it, you know, on There's my no end good way to do that on. at all. It's actually just not a good thing to do. <laughs> she really wanted to play it, and I was like, well... <laughs> You know, when whenever we can access it, if the, if analog, God forbid, ever makes a system and we can play the cart or just playing it on a big old plasma just looks awful. And I don't have a CRT. We don't have the space for it. So, well, you got to prioritize, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> How many kids you got? And you don't have Two. one CRT? No, well, we only have <laughs> one TV that we even use, really. <laughs> Um, so I I have a modded N sixty four that doesn't look bad on an HD TV. Like it doesn't look bad. Like it's it looks a little rough. It takes away a lot of that blurring. The mod, like if you hit, I think it's start the right button and up on the C. Like it, it doesn't look awful because it takes away a lot of that blurring that happens on an N sixty four. But to be honest, I, if I'm going to play N64 and I want it to look its best, I'm going to emulate and play it 1080p. <laughs> right. Or 4K. Like, it looks fantastic, you know? Well, and there's still people doing, like, after... I don't know if aftermarket's the right word, but there's people that are taking those old ROMs and, like, cleaning them up, too. Even for, like, GameCube games, there's, like, a Paper Mario adaption. Yeah. 1,000-yard door, and it's 1080p, and it looks freaking amazing. Yeah. Um. I wish we had more of that because these games are great games, you yeah. know, but yeah. it's really difficult to go back and play N64 stuff with that controller is terrible. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's awful. I mean, maybe that's the next 10 years. That's what ends up happening, right? Like they, they just do remaster after remaster after remaster. Well, some companies awakening. are super good at that. Like the the Sega stuff that's been coming out of M two has been really really good. Like, have you played any of the Sega Ages stuff on the Switch? Like they re released Virtual Racer and Virtual Racer no. and a bunch of other games. Like, and they they not only like update the graphics to be 1080p, but they add like new modes and like new stuff to do in the game, which is really fun. But Nintendo seems to be ultra lazy about this, where they you know like that Mario collection that just came out, they didn't even make. Uh, Mario 64 widescreen. You know? Like, how hard would that have been? You have everything you... Like, you have better access to this stuff than anybody on the planet, Nintendo. And you chose to do less than the average guy with an emulator. Well, I think they, they decided that they didn't need to. And they're probably right. You know what I mean? Like, they <laughs> sales are good. It's one of those things is like, how much money and and... That's fine. Uh, development that we want to put into this versus how much profit are we going to get out of it? It's a business decision. That's fine. Some people paint the back <laughs> of the fence, even though nobody's going to see it, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying from from their perspective. I understand that. Like, but like, if you want to have pride in your product and you want people, if you want repeat customers, like, do you want another generation of Nintendo diehards? If you do, you need to put more work into your products than than that. And like maybe they already know that they're gonna have, you know, the Switch is what the third best selling console of all time already. Yeah, it's up there. So maybe I'm just talking shit, and you're right. They don't need to do anything more than they're doing. But it'd be nice if they did go the extra mile. I mean, like look at Link's Awakening. Yeah, it's a perfect example of what they can get away with with that old stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a different example because they did redo that in a pretty significant way. Like, they put it in this kind of, like, toy-like atmosphere with the tilt-shift photography kind of thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. They could do that with more games, too. But it ran terribly, and they haven't patched it to... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's got... It's, it's got like major like frame rate issues, especially like mm. right when you're loading into a new screen. Oh, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I oh, just know that it it looks great. It's it does look the great. Aesthetic of it. It looks like you're playing with your with your Zelda toys. I thought well, you were going somewhere else with that. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my brain is in the gutter. Uh, just where it should be. What else it's we got a, for like, news? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What'd, what'd no, you you're say? good. Uh, I was just going to say, pretty much, I feel like anytime I get around you, it's just like a switch, like gutter mind, just around Briar. It's... I, I appreciate that. That's what, <laughs> that's possibly the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know your audience, right? Like, that's just how it works. I was, um, uh, I, you know, I was I was looking at Blessius's, uh, Blessius's uh, Twitter today. <laughs> I've never been able to say that correctly. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, guys. <clears throat> Boy, it sounds nice, like nice a little girl when solid. I sneeze. <laughs> it's very high pitched. He's like reaching all the way over. He's like, hold on. <laughs> I got a mute. I was looking at Blessius's Twitter today, and uh, he was talking a little bit how he's trying to get into voice work and stuff. And I was just like, oh, I was, I was really thinking about how when we met down, was that Tennessee that we met? Memphis, yeah. Memphis, yeah. Oh my god, it was such a fun couple, like a couple of evenings, and it brought me back looking at his Twitter the other day. Hopefully, that happens again before too long. I've I've been yeah. I think I've I've been really this last year. You know, I'm an introvert and I can stay home and all that stuff. But months and months and months, and a lot of people listening to this can relate. I'm sure. I don't really leave the house ever, like at all, and yeah. I don't converse with people in person like ever and i don't have a lot of friends in my local area and stuff so events have turned into this way to kind of get away and really kind of enjoy other people and and experiences and all that stuff and i didn't realize how much i missed it until this last year and it's really been hitting me recently so hopefully before too long i know it's probably not going to happen in 2021 knock on wood but yeah um be nice to be able to get back to it for sure that year we we had met at the saint jude's thing in tennessee I, like I, and I, then i saw blessius again at the borderlands 3 thing in la and then i also saw him geez did i see it? maybe i'm lying maybe i'm crazy i, I think i might have seen him at in seattle that same year like in 2019 <laughs> like dot in the globe or dot in the united states and just seeing blessius all over the place mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that's fun. That was it. What was it in Seattle? I don't remember. Pax. Pax. Thank you. I think I saw you for like a minute at Pax, and it was at that. Uh, were you at Pax? I didn't even know you were at Pax. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I live in Portland, so I go up to Pax every year. But you were hanging. That makes with sense. The, you were like, I don't know, like in what you were like forty five minutes away or something like that, staying at a house with the DCP crew and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So we I were... was staying downtown Seattle. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'll tell you, I don't think... PAX happened in September, and I think I was more exhausted at that PAX than I'd ever been in my entire life. Like, it was just that year had worn me down, like, exhausted me from all the traveling and from all, like, the gaming events. I just just remember being at that PAX and being like, I shouldn't be here. This is, like, a bad representation of me. Yeah, I'm not (laughs) being friendly. I'm not being fun. I just want to go home. Oh, man. <laughs> you know You're like, I, mean? I can't wait for 2020. Blah, <laughs> yeah, blah. 2020 is going to be my year. Son of a bitch. Uh, a lot of people have that thought, you know, just like uh, 2020 is the news. It's the new decade. And blah, blah. Oh, man. Uh, what else we got going on? We got, actually got a lot of news. I'm going to go over the next story. Okay. Are we done talking about Nintendo copyright? What do you think about them actually doing Game & Watch hack vids? Because, like, that actually, it's it's questionable for Nintendo to be taking those down, isn't it? I, I mean, if there's gameplay, they're they're known for doing that kind of thing for any kind of gameplay that they don't want to see on there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's still bullshit, though. <laughs> I mean, do we really need a video? There's got to be websites up there with some pictures of how to do it. It's like, so much more helpful to watch a video now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you ever hack your old consoles? Do you ever do that stuff like no, that? No, I don't. No? no. That's why I think that's why I love analog stuff so much because I keep the old stuff original. Yeah. Hey, save for if, like, you know, because handhelds are pretty easy to upgrade or, or put in new shells and stuff. So if you get a handheld that's completely destroyed. And you know, still works, but the the shell is just mangled and the screen's all scratched up and which stuff. Which is common. It yeah, exactly. It doesn't take a lot to like reshell an SP or something, which is probably the only thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but it looks fantastic in a new shell. You know, you take if you can get a deal on a SP or something. SP is like my favorite handheld ever. By it's the way. a good one. You know, it's... it plays Game Boy and Game Boy Advance cartridges. It's got the backlit screen. It's like that clamshell design kind of protects the screen. It's pocketable. Mm-hmm. It's a really good handheld. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was the first backlit screen. You go from the Game Boy Advance to the SP. You're like, oh my god! Yeah. Even though it was front lit, the first ones were anyways. And uh, yeah, I still love that thing so much. Yeah, Game Boy Game Boy Advance too. I think is an underappreciated console, just mm-hmm. because it was a handheld. Like it, I've heard it referred to as the Super Nintendo Two. 
which I don't agree with. I think that's crazy. Like it's not that powerful, but it does kind of continue a lot of the a lot of the game series, like a lot of the gameplay that you loved on Super Nintendo, you can find more of it on the Game Boy right. Advance. It's like the Super Nintendo 1.5. It's probably why I love it so much because the SNES is like my favorite console. Your favorite of, of all time. Have we ever talked yeah. about that before? It's your favorite of all time. I mean, like, can you argue against it? The yeah. library. Oh, yeah. The aesthetics. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, it had a good library. I think it's 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 definitely in the top running. I think you can make an, a good argument for the PlayStation 4 as best console of all time, to be honest with you. Like, if you look at, like, the number of awesome games that came out, um, like, the variety of games... Like uh, the unbelievable graphics, like I, I you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question. I think you can also make a good argument for the NES. Like the NES, I think, not only did it kind of restart and re like revive the the video game market in America, but it also like it was revolutionary as far as gameplay goes. I mean, I agree with you on both accounts. However, if you put it in a bubble. Where people didn't know the revolution of the NES and, and all that stuff. And then you didn't take in consideration like new consoles. Because stuff's just going to continue to get better and better and better. Because that's how it goes. Yeah. And you base it purely on the quality of games across the board. Even considering like shovelware and stuff like that. Because I feel like SNES stuff, even the crappy stuff was fun to play. But you go to like PlayStation 4... And the crappy stuff is probably Legend not of the that Black fun to play. Tiger. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff on on a lot of PlayStation systems too. PS One would probably in that, but like playing PlayStation One stuff now doesn't hold up. So that's the problem. Like trying to go back, at least as far as gameplay goes, it's like because they're still making games in the style of SNES, like brand new. Indie games. There's not a whole lot of stuff coming out that looks like PS1. But wasn't was it? Isn't the style of the SNES just an like a? It's an upgrade of the style of the NES. Yeah, it is. It's double the amount of bits, Briar. I, I am aware. Double. <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point. Then I, I mean, I don't know how you're arguing it's against a better the Sega Saturn, which had 32 bits. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to make an argument. Well, for the library Sega for the Saturn, Saturn just yeah. wasn't like, <laughs> I mean, there are some good games on the Saturn. I know a lot of people are, are really passionate about the Saturn, but I'm just saying like across the board, just yeah. the, the sheer number of fun, awesome experiences and titles on the SNES. Maybe, maybe I have, you know, cause the SNES was like my first system. Yeah. Um, that was mine. That was my gift. That wasn't my brother's. So I have a little bit of nostalgia for that too, for sure. But just object. I don't know. I feel like there's so many good games, and Game Boy Advance would be in there too because a lot of them are in the same kind of style, 16-bit, yeah, um, side-scrolling type games are fantastic. I think that the the Genesis and the Super Nintendo actually go blow to blow in in most areas. I think. The Super Nintendo, it wins, like, with RPGs. It wins with, like, the, the more deep games, I think it, it has usually, like, a like a, a deeper library. Like, anytime mm -hmm. you get into, like, tactics or 
RPGs or stuff like that. Like, there's no act razor on the Genesis. You know what I'm saying? But when you talk, when on the Genesis, you talk about action, you talk about uh, fighting games, you talk about, there's like a bunch of areas where the Genesis, I think, has actually got a stronger library than the Super Nintendo. Like, I think it's one of the only times we've had like a, a war. Well, not, now the Xbox and the PlayStation match up pretty well, but I think it's the, one of the only times where we had a real war against two heavyweights you know like they just lined up so well and they they did awesome things and i can't pick a winner between the super nintendo and the genesis to be honest with you i love both consoles so so deeply can you tell me why the nostalgia for nintendo is so much higher well i think it was more popular so there's just more people who have nostalgia for Nintendo. I think also that the Nintendo-made games are of a higher quality in general than Sega-made games. Like I think that you know Shigeru is an absolute genius, and I think there's anybody who doubts that is probably a psychopath, um, <laughs> and you should really watch out for him. But like you know, having like if it. If Sega had had Shigeru and had him making the stuff that he made, like it, it might have been a different story altogether. I think that he personally is so responsible for a lot of the nostalgia that we have for Nintendo as a whole, right? Because there's a lot of shitty stuff Nintendo's done over the years. Like they're very lit- litigious. They've done a lot of really sh- had a lot of shady practices in the NES days, in the Super Nintendo days. Um, and still today, like we just had a story about them taking down YouTubers, you know, like they've always been like that, but people see them as the company that makes Mario, the company that makes Zelda, the company that makes Metroid, you know, it's like, it's funny too. Cause there's not a whole lot of games that Nintendo has chosen to continue forward for that long. It's like, it's either a Miyamoto game or Pokemon. Yeah. That has that widespread, you know, it's like Mario, Zelda, uh, Donkey Kong is in a bunch of stuff and, and all these different, but like Miyamoto created all that. And there's not a whole lot of, especially like third party, um, type games. Like you think about like Earthbound or Chrono Trigger and stuff like that, that has carried that long of a, of an era that like all the Miyamoto stuff has, even though those games are just as good in a lot of ways. Yeah. as like the Miyamoto stuff at least at the time. So it's really interesting that that like Nintendo has chosen probably profit, probably, you know, the the rights that they own directly and all that stuff has a lot to do with it, but it's like you know, why not carry all that other stuff forward too? Actually Fire Emblem might be one that uh would fit in there, which is not a Miyamoto game, I don't think. So no. No, Metroid. Metroid's not Miyamoto, and that that's getting a new release somewhat soon. We're getting Prime Four at some point. Have we had a Metroid game on every Nintendo platform at this point? No, definitely not. I don't think the Wii U had one. We GameCube, yes, N sixty four. I don't think there was one on N sixty four. I think you're right. I'm looking to see if there was one on. Uh... Wii U. I don't yeah, think there was one on Wii U. Yeah, and the, re- we got we got Prime on the GameCube, and then we got uh, I think the only one that came originally on Wii was, was Prime yeah. Three, but they remade the GameCube ones for Wii as well. The collector's edition or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
trilogy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Nintendo had the momentum from the NES that carried into the Super Nintendo. So there's just there was just more people who played Super Nintendo, and also like you cannot deny the the, the majesty of you know the 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 Shigeru games, right? It's like you can't you can't deny that. Like it's yeah. just too good. So you were gonna I. So on that note, I guess I should. Um, I was looking when I was looking for news. I found that somebody that worked on Donkey Kong Country, yeah, uh, had shared their like original sprite concept art. Oh yeah, on YouTube, and I didn't necessarily think it was newsworthy because it was just literally just him showing the pages. But if you search for it, he like has his own YouTube, and he and he goes through um, the concept art, and it like shows the frog and Donkey Kong and all this stuff, and it's it's oh, super yeah. interesting. Um, but it's not, I don't know if it's really newsworthy, but if you guys want to check that out, how different not... is it than what we've come to expect? Well, it some wasn't of it's pretty different. Right? Um, cause he talks about how some of the concept art is really basic and really kind of like chicken scratch almost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can, um, find it so I can just kind of tell you guys. Yeah, here it is. Uh, DK creations limited is the YouTube channel. And the title of the video is Early Donkey Kong Country Scribbles. So it's really basic, like some of it's pencil, some of it's pen. Um, I mean, it looks really cool from somebody like me who's not an artist. You know, I'm like, what do you mean it's basic? Like, it's pretty, pretty fun looking like cartoony sprites and stuff. And it shows like the rhino and, and um, Donkey Kong. And he talks about how they scaled down the 16-bit sprites and 32-bit sprites and stuff. Hmm. But yeah. I'm going to watch that video after the show. That's yeah. interesting. Cool. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Cool to see the history. Yeah. I've lost my episodes. notes. Here they are. You know what happens during the show is I have two tabs open at the beginning of the show. It's the Twitch, so I can monitor chat, and then our document, which is like uh, the stories and like notes about the game. And by the end of the show, I have like all a uh, whole load of tabs <laughs> going across the, the top of the browser, this. yeah, yeah. And they're all like the size of your pinky thumbnail, so you can't even tell which is which. <laughs> um, so this is a this is an interesting one, and this is you know this is a little bit nerdy. So if you're not familiar with the Mister, the Mister is an FPGA console uh, that is currently available that you can. There's a ton of developers out there. Who are developing, you know, retro uh, video game cores for? And what these cores do is they reprogram the FPGA, a field programmable gate array, to uh, basically uh, hardware emulate um, old consoles and old arcade machines. Which means that they there's no lag as far as the software is concerned. It's running on original hardware. And Jotego is one of the big developers here he's made uh, a ton of like really popular cores and he is very close to finishing the capcom cps2 core which is really exciting especially if you're a street fighter fan but if you're a fan of any of those capcom arcade games like this is going to be the big one Uh, i'm going to quickly google search a list of cps2 games and it's like all of the big 
Capcom games that you remember being in the arcade or being on consoles of like the late 16-bit or early 32-bit generation. X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Alien vs. Predator, Street Fighter Alpha Series, uh, Street Fighter 3, uh, Giga Wing, Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, there's just a ton of CPS2 games that people are familiar with. Uh, seeing if I can find like a complete list. Uh, the uh, Night Stalkers games, Dark Stalkers, sorry, uh, Super Puzzle Fighter. Like, there's just, it's like a huge list of super popular games, super beautiful games, too. So, this is like right on the horizon, too. And this is going to be free for anybody who owns, owns a Mister, which is also super fun. Mister is so fun to be a part of that community because it's like something new is dropping like every week. <laughs> like, and it's, it's really fun. I feel like I'm... It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Dragging my feet and getting into that stuff. Because one, I yeah. feel like it's such a kind of just a large thing to get into. And then I'm still on the fence about how I feel about emulation and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, you've opened my eyes to a lot of it. And I understand the accessibility of it, but it's still still difficult hurdle for me to get over the mister like as far as tech wise it's a little bit daunting like at first but honestly like the web tutorials are pretty easy to follow and once you get it running there's a script there's like it's basically like a three button presses to update it and the updater it's just called update all it's like a script that you run but you just press three buttons to get there and it just goes out and it finds all of the roms that you need all of the files to run the ROMs that you need. It even gets like uh, background wallpapers to make it look pretty. 
Like it just gets everything that you need and it, it just keeps it all up to date. It even organizes all your folders for you. Like, so once you've got it running, it's super easy to run. Uh, there's a little bit of setup that you need to do, which is probably going to take you, I don't know. I would say a novice, it's going to take an hour. Somebody who knows what's going on with a computer can probably do it in half an hour to 45 minutes. So that's just completely pretty much an open source community then. Yeah, it's completely open source. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of developers. Jotego is one of them, the guy who's making the CPS core, who he has a Patreon. And if you want to get access to his development stuff, like his beta stuff, then he'll release that to his patrons. But once he finishes it, he opens, he gives it away to everybody for free. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so like, you know, on that is like everything for the Neo Geo, everything for the Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Genesis, Sega Master System, a ton of like those really obscure, or to me, they're obscure. Probably anybody who lives in Europe, they're pretty common, but like BBC Micro, Amiga, like stuff like that. Um, a lot of Japanese stuff, PC 98, uh, like there's just a ton of stuff that like way more stuff than you can ever explore is all available on there. PlayStation nice. is in the in the works, so the PlayStation One, um, they're working on pretty hard, and it looks like they're going to be able to get that to work on the Mister, which is pretty neat. <laughs> is it, but it's still going to look like PS One. Yes, yeah, it's not an emulator <laughs> like you'd run on your PC that can upres everything on the PlayStation to 1080p and have right and run at 60 frames. It, it's gonna it's gonna be like it's a PlayStation One, right? But there's I think a ton I of need games. To just... There's a ton of games to... on the PlayStation. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that even that are 2D. Like there's a bunch of good Mega Man games. There's some good Street Fighters. Grandia, we're going to talk about later is on mm-hmm. there. It's 2D. Like the early 3D stuff is t- kind of hard to go back to, but there's a ton of really good 2D stuff. You know, uh, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. I think I just need to shut up and get a CRT so I don't have to deal with like trying to play that stuff on modern platforms. It's just. Those are getting to be a little bit more rare and uh, just the space. I literally, I'm like looking at my office. I'm like, I don't know where the hell I'd put it. I have a, I have a 27 inch CRT. It's like, it's right here. Like it's right yeah. there. Uh, it's not hooked up right now because ever since I got an OLED as like a mo- main monitor, I've just been playing my classic games on the OLED mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm getting, I, I'm getting just as good as experience as I could hope for. So I'm actually going to take my, CRT and move it down to the basement and set up like a retro gaming station in the basement, um, which I probably won't use that often because, you know, I'm in the office all the time. But yeah. an OLED TV, you know, it's got those deep blacks that you want out of a CRTV, CRT. The only thing it doesn't have is the way the pixels kind of glow and merge together. Right. You know, and it doesn't you, have obviously scan lines. You might be somebody that would be, uh, someone to ask this question how realistic would it be for somebody to create a tv that um is able to like recreate the crt experience but without the size or just the bulk of it i mean you can get pretty pretty close with an oled screen now so you got to apply the filters correctly so you you got to put the scan lines in so you have to have you know something that will put you know what i mean by scan lines is like the black lines that go across the screen and then you got to put a blur filter on that makes the, because the problem is, is those pixels it, were never intended to be distinct. They are right. always intended to kind of meld together a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the glow of, like, if you look at like 
uh, Street Fighter 2 and you look at Ryo's arm, the individual colors that kind of show the muscle tone of his arm on Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo, they all kind of glow together into make like this rippled looking arm, but in pixels, it just looks like different colored pixels and it's harder to see the definition. So if you if you put the scan lines in and then you kind of just blur it just a little bit, you can make it you can make a significant a significant way toward getting CRT without having to deal with, you know, 25-year-old technology and having this huge tube television in your room. You know, they're big and they're fucking heavy, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> funny because the plasma that i have right here is from 2007 or 2006 and it's like yeah. 120 pounds yeah 42 inch it's it's heavy yeah plasmas were awesome i i, I didn't buy an lcd tv for the longest time because i'd go to the store and i'd be like this doesn't look as good as the plasma i have now mm-hmm. but oled was finally the thing that made me oh yeah this is finally as good as the plasma but also it's good for gaming because it has low re- has a low latency in 4K, obviously. Yeah. You know, I use one for my main monitor now. But they're pretty expensive, right, still? Yeah, they'll come down. They'll keep coming down. They're, you know, it used to be ten grand. <laughs> this one was 1500 You know, it'll come keep coming. It's funny, because that's how much I spent on my Plasma in, like, 2007 was 1500 1700 somewhere around there. Yeah. Plasma's never hit that, like, 400 buck level, right? No. They just got, like... Well, we're not going to make them anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they're not sustainable anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah, the colors look better, the blacks are deeper, but they're fucking honky and expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, news, right? So we talked about sh- uh, the the Cyber Shadow game. Oh right. Oh okay. So this one is interesting. Grandia apparently is never so. The, there's two versions of Grandia, the RPG that came out. One, the original version was for the Sega Saturn, and then they remade it for the PlayStation. Didn't remake it. They ported it to the PlayStation. And the PlayStation version got an English version of it, and that's playable uh, for us. However, the original Saturn version never got an English translation. And it even it's never even gotten a fan-made English translation. I don't know why. Maybe because there's already a PlayStation version. People are like, you know, you can play it on PlayStation. It's not a big deal. But the Saturn version has always been better, right? It's a 2D game. The Saturn was better at 2D stuff. And if you look at them side by side, actually, uh, My Life in Gaming just did a live stream a couple of weeks ago where they had uh, they had a side-by-side comparison of the Saturn version with the PlayStation version. It's amazing, the difference. The Saturn version is really night and day different. So this is the first time we've ever gotten an English translation for the Saturn version of Grandia, which is a fantastic game. And it'd be really fun to play it. So is that going to be a ROM? Yeah. Yeah. Or a, cool. you know, a, a disc image. I'm sure you can burn it to a disc. But it's going to be... I am I always wonder with stuff like that, like how janky the translation is going to be. <laughs> well, theoretically, they could just go buy the official PlayStation emulate, the official PlayStation translation, right? Mm. Oh, so it's the exact same game. It's just like the Saturn version had better sprites and probably better audio and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting because I, I loved the heck out of Grandia 2, but I never played Grandia 1, so this might be just the time to go ahead and do that. I mean, I've never played any of the Grandia games. I've had them in my hands before, 
uh, and I've tested them and stuff, but I've never, you know, with games like that, you can't just sit down and play for 20 minutes. You're yeah. sitting down and you're playing it for hours. Are you an RPG fan? Are you like a... I am. A I am. Um, um, and it's funny, the story of my RPG kind of growth is uh, when I was a kid, we had an NES. My brother loved RPGs. He played Final Fantasy 1 and Dragon Warrior. Those were the games that we owned. I hated both as a kid. I was very young. They were ve like the original very Final Fantasy is using for a young yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah. The, the original Final Fantasy is not the most user friendly game. Like you have to pay very close attention to everything the villagers say. You got to like make sure you're going to the right place. I've played it since and just got lost and just put it down. And I just didn't know where to go. And I just was like, screw it. I can't because I was like walking around for like an hour or two and just was like, oh, I can't. Um. But the the as the, the RPG that changed everything for me was Super Mario RPG. Okay. Because it's a it's a much easier to play, user friendly game that's pretty straightforward and it's very story driven and and all that and that changed everything for me and from there on out like Golden Sun I loved to death and um, there's a game for the 360 called Lost Odyssey which I freaking loved. Uh, the gameplay that was is an early game for the 360, wasn't it? Yeah. That was like when they were still trying to like, hey, we're coming to Japan. <laughs> if you've never played that game, if it, you can get it for dirt cheap, it's like ten bucks or less, and it is one of the best. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with RPGs, but it was enough to keep me hooked, and I'm really like butterfly, you know, like sidetracked kind of gamer. Um, so if it's able to keep me hooked, then, you know, I feel like others are going to enjoy it too. But the frustrating thing about Lost Odyssey is every time you go into a battle, it's like a 30 second intro to every single battle. It's awful. Yeah. But the story's great. And, um, you know, the, the grinding isn't too terrible and all that stuff. But so I, you know, I never owned a PlayStation back in the day, so I never, never got to experience all those. I know there's a lot of really good RPGs, but the problem with playstation is a lot of them don't hold up like i've tried to go back and play final, final fantasy 7 yeah i've tried to go back and play final <laughs> fantasy 7 i tried playing it on my psp like in the early 2000s and i was just like i just can't do it yeah i was like Here, what here's a secret about that game it wasn't that good when it came out <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those games that everybody says you you, you gotta play so i tried and just i'm like what kind of weird destiny titan shoulder looking dude is that you know like just i couldn't get over it like yeah i don't know yeah cloud is an enormous prick like he is just an asshole like he's not a good character uh yeah i i kind of have a similar story as you like nes rpgs i was not in into at all the closest i could get to him was like Zelda, right? It's like a, an mm -hmm. action adventure game like that. Um, but once the Genesis came out and I played Final Fantasy 2, not Final Fantasy 2, sorry, Fantasy Star 2, mm. uh, I got into it in a big way. And then I, I played a bunch of RPGs kind of like in the 16-bit era. But as I became older, I found that I had less time to put into video gaming and RPGs were really hard. Like putting in 60 hours into a game, I'm... I'm trying to play Yakuza uh, right now, Like a Dragon, which is an amazing game. It's outstanding. I think it's my favorite game of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but 
like it's just so hard to put in 80 hours into a video game you know it's like that's a yeah. significant investment and here i am sitting with like six six thousand hours in destiny yeah that's different <laughs> though because you stream it you know yeah. like Destiny's a different thing yeah but yeah like, I, I wish I could put in 80 hours straight through to Yakuza Like a Dragon, but it seems like it might take me all year, all of 2021, to beat Yakuza Like a Dragon at the rate I'm going. It's just Play so a little much. Bit of time. Yeah. So, RPGs, and, and somebody from chat just reminded me that Lost Odyssey was actually created by the person who made the original Final Fantasy. Yeah. So, it's... I... I just I remember that one when I saw it, and uh, it's yeah, it's just one of those games. If you haven't played Lost Odyssey, they you did definitely uh, give it a shot. Right at the like for the launch of Xbox 360, they were trying to get more Japanese developers on board, so they got that guy for Lost Odyssey, and then they got one of the original developers for Dragon Quest to do. Was it Blue Dragon? Was that the name of the game? Yeah, Blue Dragon. I played that a little bit. It was fun. Yeah. Um. Also, another 360 RPG that I played was Eternal Sonata. And the reason I played that is because it's co-op. So I played it with my wife. Oh, interesting. And it's, if you love old music, you know, if you love classical music, it's got like a lot of classical music in it. Um, it's very musically driven. And like, I, I swear, now now that I'm like going through this in my mind, I feel like I played more RPGs on the 360 than any other platform, <laughs> like ever. And there's not even that many, but... Eternal Sonata, Lost Odyssey, those are great games, especially for somebody who's not super into deep RPGs like me. Yeah. Because um, there's just enough to keep it going. And, I, you know, I'm a big music person, so. Did you play any of the Final Fantasy re remake last year? I played seven for a handful of hours. I streamed it. Like, the, the problem for me is I prefer turn-based, which Lost Odyssey and Eternal Sonata are both turn-based. Mm -hmm. um, so going to... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I tried playing Final Fantasy 15 and stuff too, and I just, I'm not huge into the action RPG. I've tried playing the Tales games, Tales of Vesperia, and while I love the, the art and the music and the story, I just, 
I don't know what it is about the action RPG stuff that I'm not, it, you put, you get put in this little arena and you have to like, I don't know. It's hard for me. Maybe eventually I'll get into it, but hack and slash RPGs are weird to me. It is. It's a weird blending of genres. Is it even an RPG anymore? Like what defines right. an RPG? Really? Is yeah. it just like you have stats? Cause then like every game is an RPG now. Yeah. yeah. Like what? Like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's different. Not Are you ready to talk about the game that launched well, the Sega Genesis? One more, the biggest news story that we haven't covered yet. Oh, fuck. I forgot about this. Because <laughs> we kind of delayed it. Yeah. Well, so for those that have been waiting for the Polymega, there's some news that dropped like within the last day or two. If you saw it, I think it was on either Instagram or Snapchat. They released a story about how... It seems like Walmart is just completely dropping the Polymega and not carrying, releasing, or even distributing the pre-orders anymore. Polymega, basically, their story is that Walmart is just ghosting them entirely. Like, yeah. they're, they're, Walmart wants nothing to do with Polymega at all. Which, to be honest, <laughs> Walmart always seemed like a weird partner for Polymega. Yeah. Like, this is a really, it's a, it's a high-end, at least priced high-end retro game console that like to me is going to have pretty a pretty like limited like target audience like so to me it it doesn't say walmart anywhere on that box you know like that description doesn't say walmart anywhere in it like i could see this on castle mania games or something like that like a really boutique kind of online presence uh so this isn't surprising to me at all to be honest yeah I mean, even GameStop would probably be a better choice, and there's all that news with GameStop yeah. going on. But uh, or like your local retro stores, you know, distributing to to the smaller kind of retro community and whatnot. But I think that they were really trying to to hit a home run here with with Walmart, you know, with distribution and all that stuff. It makes a lot of sense from yeah. a business perspective. But this just has to be a nightmare for them to try to deal with this because people have pre-ordered through Walmart already. And Polymega's like, we need you to cancel it and reorder it through our website. We have a discount code, $50 off and all this stuff. And the news story literally dropped a couple of hours ago on their website. So if you're a Polymega pre-order person and you're listening to this, I would definitely go to that website and read that news. Yeah. I'll tell you my biggest problem with this is the price. $449 to get the base unit and one wireless controller is, it's fucking outrageous. Like, it's just insane what they're asking for this this is basically just an emulation machine with yeah. a disk drive right it's like you can do this with a pretty basic computer like you're not there's a software that's the front end of this that i think is kind of nice um the way you know you put it you can put a playstation disc in for instance it copies the playstation to a hard drive and then you play it from that you know, that copy that you made on the hard drive of the Polymega. It does some nice stuff with art and the presentation of all your games that you've copied to the hard drive. But $449 is like, that's a steep price. Like, I, I'm rooting for these guys, but man. If it was hardware emulation, I'd be all over it. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that it's purely software is you're right the the, the price is kind of crazy and like what does the base unit even play exactly without the base all the unit attachments will play sega saturn uh playstation neo geo cd sega cd and turbo cd 
So uh, it doesn't maybe, even play any of the Nintendo carts or anything like that? No, you gotta buy you gotta buy add-ons, cartridge specific, <laughs> basically system specific like plug-in add-ons for the thing for the NES, the Super Nintendo, the Genesis 32X, and they say more. Um, which I don't know how many they have. They have that's all they have right now. The so deluxe bundle it says and i don't know if the 50 dollar code works on it it's 649 so maybe the deluxe bundle is 600 for everything that's which craziness yeah like, I, I mean just like I, it's cool that this is a console right you can put it under your tv in your living room um but just practically speaking what is this doing that like everybody's got a computer that can emulate these games right if you're listening to this podcast you have a computer that can emulate all of these games you have a phone that can emulate all of these games like yeah right so like what is this thing offering for all this money it's cool that you can actually put in your own disc but it's not playing the game off of that disc it's ripping a copy of that disc creating an iso and then you're playing it off a hard drive so it's it's just a hard fucking sell at that price, man. I, I wish these guys the best. I, like, I think it's an actually like a fairly good idea. It's just the, the price of it is just like it stops your heart when you see it. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. How much is it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a souped-up Hyperkin Retron Five. You know what I mean? Like, who's yeah. the target? My my question is, who's the target market for this? Yeah. Because if it's the high-end FPGA people like me, I want nothing to do with this. The the idea of it, how you can like put the the ROMs on the system, like it's a cool idea, yeah. but functionally speaking, I don't want it. And the yeah. kind of more hobbyist, like entry-level hobbyist that you know has like a retro, like yeah, it's it, it can play all the things for a hundred bucks, you know, or hundred fifty or whatever. I don't think it's marketed towards them. So I'm trying to figure out specifically, and and you are on a different plane too, where you are more heavy into emulation than I am, and you don't want it. Especially like, when it comes to the 3D consoles. You know, like, there are, like I have a PlayStation, like, here, and it, it's hooked up to RGB and HDMI, and there's I have a few games for it that I like to play. It's a little bit painful to play them off a disc, because, like, at this point... Like, modern sensibilities, like, that disc loading time just feels like it's forever now. Um, but, like, I do have some some love for, like, original PlayStation games, for original Saturn games. But I have a Saturn, and I have a, a PlayStation, right? I emulate, or I have a Mister that does TurboGrafx CD and Sega CD. So, like, this thing, you know, it, it doesn't have original controllers. It has their own controller. It's emulation, but it's not good emulation. Like you can't up upscale a PlayStation game to 1080p. You know, it's like I don't know, man. It's like it's it looks good like you can theory. use you can use original accessories though, right? Uh, it depends. I think. Well, no, no, yeah, you're right. You can you can use original accessories, but it doesn't come with them. I'm sitting here looking at the pictures. I was like, why would they have the original plugs if you couldn't? That would yeah, make you're any right, sense. Yeah, you're right. So, it does. I'm trying to figure out. It's from a licensing, from a legal standpoint, being able to load your own ROMs and cartridges makes a lot of sense because it 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 um, 
kind of gets past that legal question of ROMs. You know, it's like, well, if you're burning your own ROMs, it's 100% legal. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. If you're putting your own discs in, if you're putting your own cartridges in and you're burning the ROMs and playing them off a system, it is 100% legal. That is a fact. Yeah. And you get into gray areas with things like the Ouya was or like your phone. Or if you're downloading ROMs, even if you own the cart, if you download the ROMs from the internet, it is a gray area. You're probably not, not going to get in trouble for not, it. Absolutely illegal. Right. Even if you own the cartridge, you know, people are like, well, I own it and I download it. It's like, well, but somebody else created that image. You know, you didn't create that image from the from the cart that you own. Yeah. So it's from a legal standpoint, it makes a lot of sense from a playability, from a retro, from a collector, from a player. It makes zero sense. This system. Okay. You know who it makes perfect sense for? <laughs> is like somebody who streams these games like you have this big PlayStation library a big Sega Saturn library you you stream those games specifically maybe you play a lot of fighting games from that era uh, it makes perfect sense for that guy cuz it's got modern outputs it's got an HDMI output you can actually use the disc library that you've put all this time into collecting you know and you're not putting wear and tear on your consoles and you're not putting wear and tear on your actual disc collection because like those discs now are suffering from bit rot, which is mm -hmm. a pretty scary thing to collectors, where the the actual plastic in the discs is starting to decompose and fail, um, which is really, God, can you imagine paying like a a couple hundred dollars for your favorite PlayStation game, and then next time you open it up, it doesn't work because it's rotted. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably why I don't collect a lot of CD games. I don't either, man. Like <laughs> I'm not about that life. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to the PlayStation Core coming out for the Mister. <laughs> and I have a I have a hard drive hooked up to my Sega Saturn. <laughs> I just I yeah this I'm trying to like because it the idea of it's cool and I love that they're pushing stuff forward and I love that you know there's the excitement for the for the retro stuff for the classic yeah. games but the way that this was implemented you know they it's never the really price, met. Jay. Jay, if this thing was 300 bucks, would you buy it right now? The base unit? No. You wouldn't. I would buy it right no. now. If it was if it included bucks, everything. If it was 200 included... bucks, I would have paused the podcast so I could order it. <laughs> if it included everything for 300, I would. I mean, I don't I, to be honest with you, I have no interest in getting a a, a software-based emulator for cartridge-based systems. Right. An it, well, analog's it... doing too good a job. But for for PlayStation and Sega Saturn, alone if this thing was like two or three hundred bucks i'd be all over it i'm like yeah yeah that's perfect man like like because i i told you before the show i'm gonna send out my playstation to get modded right you know my sega saturn they don't have a uh hdmi mod for the sega saturn so you're you're really forced to do an analog to to digital conversion there uh, but i have a i have a mode which cost me i think 250 bucks to put a basically a hard drive inside my Sega Saturn so I can play any Sega Saturn game. Like to me, this thing would be worth it if it was just a little bit cheaper, but the, it's the price, man. Like at 200 bucks, this thing would be like no problem, but at 600 bucks, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, to your point, I, I give them a lot of credit for pushing forward and like they're, they're committed to this, you know, things have taken delays and all that stuff, but they haven't given up. 
you know, I want to give them props for that. And they, they continue to push forward and they're trying to make it work however that they possibly can with all these issues that have been happening. Yeah. Because um, that's the only time we ever talk about them. It's, it's one issue after another. Right. If they if it played GameCube games, if it played N64, I would probably consider it. But that was like on the original promise list when this when the idea first arrived and like arised when they were first talking about it. I'm like 90% sure that GameCube was on the list at least. And N64 was like we're looking into it, but yeah. they completely scrapped it and I don't think that there's any way that they can do it. Oh, and one of the problems with this thing is they they are basically licensing out emulators, so they might not have been able to get access to the Dolphin emulator, which is the like the the major player in uh, GameCube emulation, and it's awesome because it makes like your GameCube games 4K with widescreen support. <laughs> it's it's pretty dope <laughs> to play, you know. Yeah. Imagine if Nintendo came out with a system somehow yeah. that played all the cartridges and all the discs up through GameCube or something. And it was, I would prefer FPGA, but I, Nintendo would never do that. Um, yeah. And it was kind of like a polymega where you could load stuff in. I, like for three, four hundred bucks, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would buy this in a heartbeat if it was basically half the price it is. If it was the same price and played GameCube slash N64 stuff, I would have to consider it because there's no other options. Like you can buy all. a GameCube. A GameCube with a, I think it's like a $100 add-on, just plugs into the back of a GameCube, you get HDMI out. You can buy a GameCube off of eBay for 100 bucks. What about um, N64, though? You have to I get it like hard modded or have like a $200 adapter, right? So, no, the, the N64 has good video out through an uh, S-video cable. Like, it's pretty good. You know, right. the N64 looks like shit no matter what you do to it. It's just like, that's... The N64 is... it's a, It was a bunch of weird choices they made at the time. They, they did a cartridge-based 3D console, so they can't put high-res textures on it. So they put this blur filter over everything. You know, it's 240p 3D. It's, it's a tough sell, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the PlayStation, I think the 3D looks somewhat better because at least it doesn't have that blur filter all over it. But mostly the stuff that I want to play on a PlayStation is 2D at this point. And there's no 2D games for the N64. They just avoided it like the play. There's like three of them. I had to buy a game. I wanted to test out a... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, the Brawler 64, which is a, uh, a Nintendo 64 wireless controller last week. And I had to buy Killer Instinct Gold because it was the only game I could th- I could find that used the D-pad on a Nintendo 64. <laughs> Honestly, like that's the only game I could find. It's funny. I actually ended up liking that game, though. Like, I'm kind of a Killer Instinct fan all of a sudden. <laughs> well, yeah, you were pretty hard-pressed about it. I I own the game. Um, of course I do. Uh, but you, I remember when you first got it, you're like, I hate it. Yeah. And now you're saying you like it. It took me a little while to to get used to it. You know, I was playing it a bunch because I really wanted to get used to how this D-pad felt on this controller. So I wanted to give it a good shot. And as I played it, like I kind of got used to like the feel of it and kind of the over-the-topness of Killer Instinct. And I was I'm kind of liking this. It's actually pretty fun. So I downloaded the new version too for the Xbox. Oh yeah. That's and that's pretty one. fun too. Yeah. So now I'm kind of like I'm a reformed Killer Instinct hater. Did you never play <laughs> Killer Instinct as a kid? I did. It it sucked. I was used to uh, I was used to Street Fighter, and like this game was it it was like it it had all the same controls as Street Fighter, but it was kind of wonky and jank, you know. Like, so Killer Instinct has always been a little bit faster than like a Street Fighter, and it's almost like if you mixed Street Fighter with Unreal Tournament or something where you know you have the killer combo and stuff like that like it's just it's very much more arcadey yeah it's it's more arcadey than street fighter in a way like it also does that rasterized like graphic thing that i don't think holds up super well anymore you don't think so no i think it looked really impressive at the time because it looked like 3d graphics at the time yeah but now i don't think it holds up super well like even like doggy Kong country i think it doesn't look as good now as it used to yeah it's yeah and actually in that concept art thing he talks about that a little bit like how when you render it down into a 16 16 bit sprite it looked a lot better because of the way that the the muscles and the arms and the knuckles and stuff kind of like you said were with the crt kind of blended to better yeah. blended together better yeah yeah if you look at donkey Kong country now on a on a, like a 4k tv it it definitely has lost something as opposed to playing it on original hardware. You know, even just using a composite cable like that, those little yellow, red, white cables that used to plug into your TV, like those cables were so shitty. We didn't know at the time, but they were so shitty that you were losing a bunch of like fidelity in those graphics that all just made it just kind of smoothed everything out, you know? And I literally didn't know any better. We used our, to play Game Boy with a fucking worm light hanging off the top and a giant magnifying glass and you're driving in the car and you're hoping for a street light as you're you know what i mean driving down the street like that's how we used to play video games briar i think they should bring back the worm light as a belt buckle attachment so you can pee at night without (laughs) without turning on the lights right because you know like you you wake up to pee at night right and you got to turn on the bathroom light and it's like ah you feel like 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 Dracula in the sunlight, you know? Like it's the last thing on earth you want is to turn on the bathroom light when you have to pee at night. But 
if you could just flip a switch and you got a worm light, just like just illuminating exactly what you need to illuminate. Dude, this is this branding rights itself. Dude, you should get on it. You'll make dozens of dollars. <laughs> dozens of dollars. <laughs> wow. You're talking the to worm a guy who took out a box worm. of dicks. A box of dick sponsorship for free. I never got paid for a box of dick sponsorship. I just thought it was funny to be sponsored by box of dicks. <laughs> Wait, you were? Yeah. Yeah, I still have. All right, let me see what? what? Box of dicks. When was this? Uh, this was a couple of years ago in a in a time long ago. A bag of dicks. Uh, my bad. I, I messed up the, the brand. Yeah, he's not even getting the branding right for a sponsorship. Well, it's, it's a long done sponsorship. But can you see there's little candies? Yeah. Is it weird that I also have a bag of dicks in my desk drawer right here? Are they different? Yeah, they're they're gummy sour gummies. Oh wow. I, I much prefer sour gummies over these like nerds tasting things. Yeah, every time my son opens up the drawer, he's like, Can I eat those? They're like four or five years old. I'm like, No, sorry, bud. Well, you they're should like, be more tolerant. <laughs> it was <laughs> no, it was the first <laughs> gift that was ever sent to me. For on stream, yeah, and so I kept it. And he, he, Wait, like, how old are those dicks? Like five years old. This is they're very, actually, they're contextually, that's some young dick, yeah. So they're very hard, <laughs> you know, they're very hard. But I had to put them in a Ziploc baggie because he, like, took the bag and like popped it because he, you know, my son loves candy like I do. And yeah, every, like, he comes into the office loves and candy. he's like, Oh, is that candy? Yeah. <laughs> So this is getting awkward. Um, <laughs> my son's about the same age as those little candy dicks. So <laughs> let's move on before we get canceled. Yeah. Um, I don't. What were we talking about? Have we started talking about Polymega? Polymega. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I hope. How did I we wish get the best dicks? for them. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We're yeah, talking I, about sponsorships. If I, if I ever see one of these things on eBay for like two or three hundred bucks, I'm absolutely going to pick one up. Uh, but the price point of five hundred fifty bucks or four hundred fifty bucks is just like to me. There's just better options, you know. Like yeah. I can do the same thing for cheaper, uh, and, and perhaps I could get a better result. And that's unfortunate. It's like, yeah, it's too bad. Are you ready to talk? about the single greatest launch game in the history of launch games. There it is. Power Rise up. from your grave. <laughs> last, uh, so last episode, I, I had teased that I was going to uh, tweet you a rise from your grave. Or no. Welcome to your doom. <laughs> right? I was going to tweet you that every day for two weeks. I only tweeted it to you once, which I think shows great restraint on my part. <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised. <laughs> like he must be busy. <laughs> um. So, what did you think of Altered Beast for the Sega Genesis? I hadn't played it since I was a kid. Um, yeah. And I got to the bear level, and I played it a few times, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. Um. Because, so the first two beasts that you are are badass. All, they're fantastic. Yeah. The yeah. wolf. And the dragon, like, yeah. the attacks are dope. You can pretty much just, like, with the wolf, you can just, like, skate through anything. And then with the dragon, if you're just tapping the button, a 
a bunch of just like eh, 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 eh. you're like you know Blanca yeah, it's like, like the entire time thing. Yeah, but the bear, your attacks are a punch. Yeah, and bad breath. And the bear breath. Yeah, it looks like a punch. <laughs> so you have the bear breath, which is basically a punch, and jumping like a circle, like kind of think Sonic the Hedgehog when it jumps when it's spinning. That's the bear attack. So <laughs> you just there's a lot of delay from when the enemies are coming at you and like to actually hit them with the bear attack. It's very frustrating, and I couldn't get the yeah. timing of it down. Yeah, yeah, that that bear. So the gimmick to this game is it starts off as you're like a regular human. You're, you're in good shape, I'd say. You're not like yeah regular. You're in good shape. I'd say above <laughs> <Yeah>. average. <laughs> and uh, you know, you you play these, you play through like these side scroll levels, kind of beat 'em up ish style. But you don't like you can't move up and down. You can only move on a single plane. And you have a few moves. You can punch. You can kick. Uh, you, you can like lean down and kick upwards <laughs> that's the most awkward <laughs> yeah attack it's, ever it's not great straight vertical kick uh and you, you basically like scroll through this level and there's these blue or white uh werewolves double-headed werewolves i don't know wolves would you call they them look wolves? like giant pigs to me i don't know yeah they're a little piggish i would i would put them <laughs> porcine ish <laughs> um, and if you kill the blue ones, they put out these orbs. And if you get one orb, you grow some muscles. It's like an instant hit of steroids. If you get oh, two orbs, you become like pretty badass, pretty strong. And if you get three orbs, you get like a beast power. And you turn into, on the first level, a werewolf. On the second level, you turn into a dragon that shoots electricity out of its mouth or can fire electricity all around it. And on the third level, you turn into a bear. With bad breath and a spinning attack that kind of does this arcing. Was it? What do you turn into on the? Oh, on the fourth level you turn into a tiger, and on the fifth level it just repeats the first level uh, transformation. You turn into a golden werewolf, but it, you have the same powers and everything. And uh, it's a. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this was more fun than I expected to have, but only briefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it gets old very quick. Yeah. By the way, the the little if you, if you look at the instruction manual, the it, it's a two-headed like wolf, yeah. but it actually looks like a wolf here in game. It looks like a like a wolf that's eaten too much and yeah. had relationship with a pig. Okay. So. I, that's that's rough, the Jay. That's I I'd say you're a little being a little rough. I think it looks like a pretty large wolf with two. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a lot of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the gimmick to the game is like this transformation gimmick. And there's only five levels. And as I got to say, as a launch game for the Genesis, it was it was a big deal because they showed screenshots in like Electronic Gaming Magazines, Electro Electronic Gaming Monthly or Game Pro of some of the most beautiful parts of this game, specifically like the transformation where you've got like flames around you. Actually, we're using a little bit of that art in the art for the podcast today, where you see the werewolf's face and you see the flames and it's all animated and you see this transformation from human to beast form. And they showed that in the gaming magazines. It was like, holy shit, like we're going from the NES to that? That's amazing. And then you also saw these huge bosses. Like the first boss is like, made out of like all like pieces of people and it's got like a huge head and he pulls his head off and he throws it like up into the air 
and it then it like rains down at you, but it's like a huge head. It's like fills like half of the screen or like a quarter of the screen. Like height wise, it fills the whole screen. So it's like it's pretty impressive visually. In 1989, right? <laughs> in 1989, it was pretty impressive. And being able to transform, like back then, this game, what I'm trying to say is you may not appreciate this game graphically now, but in 1999, it was a big deal. Like graphically, this game was outstanding. Um, and it was like the first game you played on a Genesis because it was the game that Genesis came with, right? And while the gameplay isn't particularly deep, uh, and the game is only five levels, and I, I don't know if you read, you you have the manual. So did you happen to read the manual? No. So if you look at the title screen, it doesn't give you any indica indication that you can hold B and start to get into the option menu. But once you're in the option menu, you can give yourself more health. Like this is all listed in the in the in the manual. So I don't I don't consider it a cheat. But you can give yourself more health and give yourself more continues. Really? Or more lives. Yeah. And Damn it. if you press A and start from the title screen, you just you just start from the last level you died on. So it's basically like infinite continues. Wow, I didn't know this. That would have made things so much easier. Yeah, but like to be honest with you, you don't want to do any of that because if you if you do, you're gonna beat this whole game in about twenty minutes. Yeah. Like you're you're just gonna blow through it, and like the only pleasure you can really get out of this game, long term at least, is trying to beat the game in the original three lives with the original three hit points that you have, because it's completely doable. The game isn't that hard, um, but once you start using continues and the options, like it becomes just so easy to get through. I uh, the second or third playthrough, I got through. I think both of. I got through the entire first level without taking a single hit. Yeah. I got through the second level taking like two hits, so like one piece of your life bar. And then yeah. I got to the bear level and it was just like dead, dead, dead. Yeah, the bear level I think is the first well the 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 second boss, the eyeball plant thing. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Once you know the trick of it, like it's pretty easy to get past. You you kill it in a few seconds as opposed to having like a prolonged fight with it. What's the trick that I don't know? Well, so you, you have to be up close to it, and you actually have to, like, electrocute. You have to use the area of effect attack, like the one that right. like, surrounds your body, uh, to just attack the eyeball that is permanently attached to the plant right. as opposed to the eyeballs that fly at you. And you if you tap that button really fast when that eyeball is out, the thing dies in, I don't know, three seconds or so. Oh, okay. Um, and then the bear level... You're right about the bear. Like it's it's really <laughs> unimpressive. Like because it's got like the bear breath thing. It's like it, it's somehow more it's somehow more funny than it is effective. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got like less range than a punch. Yeah, and its special move is like this rolling jump thing. That when you compare it to the, you know the. The dragon has like this electrified field all around it, which just feels like it protects it from any threat. <laughs> and the the werewolf like does this like V dash across the screen and just wipes out anything on the screen. And then this bear is just like jumping in these huge <laughs> loops, like like a circus animal. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just not. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Good. It is redeemed when you get the tiger. The tiger is pretty badass too. Like so, if you if you do get past the bear, which is a challenge, you get the tiger, and the tiger uh, does some cool stuff where it it does the same thing as the werewolf, but it does it vertically, so it goes up and down. So you can just like kind of make your way across the street and just wipe out everything. Mm-hmm. And then it is really, really disappointing that the final, the fifth level beast is just the werewolf again. And apparently, you had written in the notes that it was supposed to be the final boss was supposed to be a playable character. Correct. So it's like this rhino thing, almost like a bebop. Wait, is bebop the rhino? Is I think that's Rocksteady. Okay, I think that's Rocksteady's rhino. I think. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. But that was um, there wasn't a whole lot about it. But uh, the original idea for the final boss, the rhino, was supposed to be a playable character. Yeah, that would have been so cool. But apparently, this, makes sense. Nobody had any faith in this guy making this game. Like this guy was like big on ideas. Like he wanted to have pressure sensitive buttons. So depending on how hard you hit the button, it would do different things. And they scrapped that, and it took like half of the playability out. Like yeah, yeah. I, I have you ever seen the arcade version of this? I haven't, but I did write a note in there about it. So the arcade version definitely looks better and sounds better, but I think it's actually less playable than the Genesis version. Like, really? Your character has this, like, momentum as he's going across the screen, almost like Mario does, where once you, like, take your button off of the D-pad to make him stop, he continues to slow down a little bit, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. and that makes this game, like, really hard. And then there's also a shit ton of enemies on the screen all the time. And it makes it, the game is significantly harder, the arcade version. It looks nicer. Uh, I would say it doesn't play as well as the Genesis version. I would say the Genesis version, I think I actually enjoy more than the arcade version um, of this game. And I only played it on MAME. I didn't play it on on real hardware. I played it in MAME just to check it out. Um, I didn't like it as much as the Genesis version. Maybe that's nostalgia talking. Well, and they this game was ported to like every system. 
And yeah, it was. all of them were awful. Except for <laughs> Except the Genesis. For Genesis. <laughs> I bought the Master System one and I played it and I can confirm it's shitty. <laughs> but it's that one bad. was still better than a lot of the other ones. Like I, I saw a video of like the Amiga one and Commodore, yeah. I think, and all this stuff. And it's just like eh, oh, eh, oh. <laughs> looks like a tiger game, which they had a tiger game of this too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which was also terrible. Yeah, well, all the like Tiger most, games are terrible. Yeah, I was going like, to say, like, why did we buy those games? Like, Because <laughs> our parents saw the price, and they're like, oh, that's a lot cheaper than a Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a few of those, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember which ones, like baseball and stuff, probably. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, so a lot of the ports are for, like, really older systems, like Amigas, Commodores, and stuff like that, which... Honestly, we're never gonna get a good port of this game. You'd have to like, you'd have to do significant, make significant changes to this to even make it playable. And those, you know, those consoles or computers at the time weren't even really capable of scrolling graphics. You know, like that's what we're talking about here. So right now, it probably looks like a bad port. At back then, it was like, holy shit, I can't believe they got Altered Beast to run on this thing at all. Never mind, you know, make it somewhat playable. I do like this game, though. I don't know how what your end-up feelings are about this game, but I do like this game. I think it's a fun game, if not a perfect game. It's not a, it's not a bad game like it's like the reputation has for it. I mean, it's you can play it co-op too, right? Yeah, yeah. So make it easier. No, but like, but aren't you fighting? So there's some interesting points about this game. Um, I think i only ever played it co-op as a kid and then playing it solo now there's some things that i noticed about the gameplay that were interesting to me yeah um from like kind of fresh eyes that didn't play it all that much so when you're collecting the orbs if you don't collect enough orbs by the time you see the first dude who's like electric the bald guy who basically looks like my dad um with a robe if you don't have if you're not the beast if you didn't collect enough orbs you just leaves and you have to keep playing but if you are the beast when the dude comes out and i don't really know the lore behind this but if you are a beast the dude comes out he goes prepare for your doom or rise from your grave or whatever it is and then he has the boss right yeah but if you aren't a beast you could i imagine just keep playing forever until you are a beast you know i've never tried it i've never like intentionally not gotten the orbs to just like keep playing it into eternity but yeah i think you're probably right it's like you i did it like two or three times i think yeah before i was a beast and yeah just it kept going yeah Uh, so like that's its way of like you really want it because you only get three orbs on a single like kind of wrap around the level right so if you miss one of them that means you're gonna have to at least wrap around twice yeah and then with the boss fights at least for the first two uh, you can go like into the boss and not lose any health, which I find to be odd. And it'll just kind of like push you back out. Yeah. You know, but you can, if you're the, if you're the wolf and you like, are like skirting across the level and through him and stuff, you're attacking him and going through him and not taking any damage, which I found kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but you, you put yourself out there though, because if you're in that animation where you're getting like kind of shoved back and like one of those heads falls on you. Then you'll take damage. Yeah. And then the other thing is when you're turning into a beast, the animation is happening. um, Or actually any level up. Power up. Any of those. 
if an ad, if an enemy is near you while you're doing that, um, there's like a delay between when you can move again and you'll just get hit. Yeah. Like in the middle of the animation. It's kind of weird. Yeah. You got to clear out enemies before you do that. Otherwise you take a, you take a cheap shot. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I I find it to be incredibly frustrating to play the game without any of the power-ups because like there's some enemies that have much better reach than you. Like they're really hard to hit. Like they're really hard to hit unless you get powered up. And like, I think it's, I don't know if it's the fourth or the fifth level. It might be the fourth level where it's just basically like, if you don't get the first power up, you're pretty much dead because there's like these goat guys. Did you see the bees with their dicks kind of like pointing at you? <laughs> that's the those bee, guys that's are the hilarious. Level. Yeah, those guys are hilarious. And then there's these goat guys that kind of bounce back and forth, and they'll punch you. And like their range is so much longer than yours. It's like an unpowered up player that if you don't get the first power up, you're almost gonna die immediately. So you really have to learn when those those uh, two headed pigs are. I mean, I mean wolves are coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I still like the game. I mean, it's not the deepest game. It's not the longest game. I, I played it. I'll be honest with you. I played it for probably four hours, but I played like all the versions. Like I played all the versions I have access to. I played the master system. I played it on MAME. I played it on, on uh, Genesis. And I kind of, I had the manuals for both the, the Genesis version and the master system version. And it was fun to read through them. It's also fun to watch the, uh, and, the animated uh, kind of cutscenes on the main version, the arcade version, because like I never realized that the Genesis version was trying to portray that this is a crystal ball, and you're like watching these scenes portray through a crystal ball, but you can obviously see that in the arcade version. Mm. And then if you beat the game in the arcade version, I think you saw this too, is that you find out that this is all you're basically like filming a movie. Like the whole game, you're just filming a movie. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is ridiculous, but awesome too. Like they don't really show that in the Genesis version, uh, but the arcade version has a longer ending, which is way better. Um, it, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's interesting. It was definitely one of those games um, that's memorable as a kid for sure. Similar to like Golden Axe and stuff like that, that are kind of revolutionary for what they were and what they brought to the table, you definitely remembered them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so such an upgrade graphically over what I was used to on the NES that it was just, it was stunning to see it in my house. You know, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the best the Genesis had in store for it. <laughs> but I'd hearing say it those, wasn't the worst either. Yeah. Hearing those, like, electronic sounds the the voice clips yeah it's i i'm always curious how much goes into like digitizing those there's a lot i think that it had to take to bring those down yeah from voice clips you know they probably had god like i'm thinking about the recording like what kind of microphones do you think they recorded do you think they had those little like ten dollar arm computer microphones that sat on a stand that you could like move like this I don't know. Maybe. Could have been. Like it just It's just the guy working on the game like, rise from your grave. And then <laughs> yeah. he just turns it into a Genesis clip. I mean, The arcade version of, of the guy and the Genesis version don't sound anything alike. So it could have well been v- different recordings. Hmm. 
or it could have been that there was never was a recording and then just like kind of like kind of twiddled with this thing until they could get something that sounded like a voice sample, you know, which they were known to do in the NES days. Yeah. You know, like a Peter Frampton comes alive kind of thing. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got a lot of love in my heart for this game. I, I, I don't think it deserves to be like. There's a bunch of lists out there. Like, what are the worst Genesis games ever? I don't think it deserves to be anywhere near a list like that. Yeah, it's not one of the best games for sure. But because it it was a launch game, and I think there's a caveat there. I don't think it deserves to be on any of those lists. Yeah, it was. Um, it was fun. It wasn't. I feel like the bad games are almost always frustrating just from a mechanical standpoint. And it's not that like there's no. very few things when you're playing like, oh, God, uh, it's more user error because a lot of the stuff is pretty forgiving, um, at least on Genesis. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we're an hour and 49 minutes into the show. Should we see what you got for uh, for pickups this week? So I got two things and I forgot to bring one of them. Oh, well, you got to go get it. What the heck, man? That's like the whole segment of this show. Hold on. <laughs> wow, this is uh, a long time coming, but I finally got control of the Retro Slot podcast. And I'd like to say that the Super Nintendo is overrated. Overrated. That is the official Retro Slot stand on the Super Nintendo. The <laughs> Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, hey, Jay, you're back. <laughs> Sorry. I no problem. I was like scrambling. There was stuff that I was doing before the show, so I was kind of scrambling. Um, I was just hashing out a couple of details for, you know, the show. Okay. <laughs> Secrets, I gotcha. Did you get anything other than Altered Beast for the two systems? Uh, no, I think that's... Oh, no, I did pick up a copy of uh, Star Wars for the NES, like a physical copy, because I've decided that as much as I can, all the shows that we feature, all the games we feature on the show, I want to have a physical copy of. Just at the some cart. point that will break. Yeah, just yeah. the cart. At some point that will break when we decide to feature some like two hundred dollar game, and I'm like, let's uh, cover no. a little Samson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought it'd be fun to have a collection of the games that we cover on the show. So I that was the only game that we've covered that I don't have yet. Nice. So yeah, I trying to remember if there's anything that we've covered that I don't own yet. I don't, yeah, I think I have everything, at least in cart. But speaking of Star Wars, actually, I, so I got Altered Beast and it's not very, I think I spent like 25 because I wanted it in good condition. You yeah. can get it complete for somewhere between 10 and 20 as well. But a lot of times the manual's all beat up or whatever cart, the yeah. labels kind of all scratched and stuff. It was a launch so game, wanted, so it's pretty common. Yeah. And uh, about a week ago, um, I think I covered this. A while back when I got Super... This, so this is the one that I got a few weeks ago. Or ah, Super Empire ago. Strikes Back. So Super Empire Strikes Back. This particular copy, I didn't realize, was the Assembled in Mexico one. I think we talked about this. Son of a bitch! Exactly. Because <laughs> I got it for like 20 bucks. It's worth more than that. But it didn't have a picture. It just said it was complete in good condition. So I took a shot. And it was... I didn't even know that it had an Assembled in Mexico version. So I got it. And I was pissed. And then I saw another copy that went live on eBay in excellent oh my condition. God. You can see the difference. Oh, oh yeah. And um, 
Can you put it a, actually, a little closer to the screen? It's actually made. Um, it's a JVC versus THQ. If uh-huh. you look at the colors. Yeah. It's a more, um, more vibrant on the top one. Yeah. And like it's like the Super Nintendo logo is like yellowed on the bottom. And the back is even more like with all the screenshots and stuff, which if you had it in hand, you'd be able to tell. Yeah. A better difference. Um, That's a little hard to see. But if I like open it up and and all that stuff, you can really tell the difference. This the 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 made in Japan version has a bunch of inserts and stuff that the the other one doesn't have. And I just was like, you know what? So I will sell the assembled in Mexico version and keep the other one. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But so all the assembled in Mexico version has is the cart in these like very specific kind of U-shaped game holders and the black and white manual. Yeah. And this is the matte screen and all that stuff. Um, and then the made in Japan version, you can see it's actually in a different cart holder, right? Uh, it's basically an untouched label. But look at all these inserts and everything that came with it. Uh, you got the color manual. You got like a, I think it's like a poster and uh, like a registration card and another poster and like like all the inserts and stuff that come with it, right? And then the label is just so much better. And yeah, just like it's literally a different cartridge. Let's here, hold on. So for anybody who's never dealt with the Assembled in Mexico Majesco re-release, um, if you look at the art on the cartridge... JVC versus THQ. You can see in the lighting, like that's kind of on the bottom. It's kind of matte yeah. on the top. It's like all it's glossy shinier. and shiny. Yeah. For some reason, actually, I didn't even realize that uh, this Majesco version does actually have the the sticker, the, not the the sticker. A lot of it's like the it, the etched plastic, but yeah, you can kind of see the difference in color on the back too. Yeah. And this the the Majesco one feels cheaper. Sounds hollow versus the, like, you can hear the difference. (laughs) (laughs) What's the price difference? Uh, Not really, because nobody really cares um, except for people like me. So, okay. as far as market cost, I think, generally speaking, the Made in Japan ones are going to sell better. But they're still worth about the same, theoretically. And they go for about how much, like, a complete inbox like Um, that? 30 to 60 depending on condition oh that's not bad no so i, I like those first... games too they're 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 all all three of them are pretty fun super star wars super empire strikes back super jedi 
Like they're all pretty fun. They're hard though. They're this is apparently the best one out of the three on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think is what people said. Like it controls a lot better. Some of the controls on the other ones are a little frustrating. Okay. So that's what I've been hearing. I've never yeah, tried. Pop- I've never beaten one of them. Like I've never like really sat down and tried to. I own all three of them, but I've never tried to like really get down to it. I haven't either. I need to. Yeah, I think I need to pick up Super Star Wars and stuff. They're pretty cheap. Like. Yeah, carts and and complete version of like this. This is the most expensive one of the three too for Super Nintendo. Well, you get a complete in box Super Star Wars is like thirty bucks. I think the second one's about bad. the same. Yeah, no, it's not terrible. Yeah, I just bought the loose cartridge versions because they were like, they were really cheap and they were sitting on the shelf. I'm like, oh, I like Star Wars. So I remember those when they came out. They got very well reviewed. All three of them got very well reviewed, and I'm sure they sold well because you know Star Wars plus actually good video games. Like right. that's a that's a good thing, and like, I don't know. Star Wars wasn't at the height of its popularity in the early '90s when those came out. You know, like the prequels weren't a thing yet. Like nobody even knew if there's going to be any more movies. But right, um, I remember those games being very well reviewed. I I'm pretty sure, like at the time, I rented Super Star Wars, and it was like, wow, this is really difficult, and I never rented it again. I'd love to go back and give those a shot. We'll have to put them on the the list of to dos for like game of the week kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do want to put this out there. Uh, I I talked to Briar about this to like make sure that it's kosher. But if anybody wants to buy this, uh, hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are open. The assembled in Mexico version. Also, I yeah. do. If you want. The shitty version. Hit Jay up and shout it for it. <laughs> Some people don't care. I mean, it's in good shape. Some people don't care. But uh, I do buy, sell, trade games. And there actually have been a couple of, without even mentioning it, a couple of people have hit me up for um, like trades and stuff, which is super awesome. So I figured I'd take the opportunity to say that I would be interested in a conversation. I just bought a game from you. <laughs> yeah. It's but in the mail, by the way. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles complete yeah. in box. Or I don't even know if it's complete in box. A box. It's got a box. <laughs> it's box game manual. It does not have the styrofoam thing. Okay. You might have to. Those are not expensive. So, anyways, putting that out there. What's the next game on the on the list here? That's literally it. Oh, that's it. You just did Altered Beast and Altered and Beast. And, yeah, yeah a I, slow week for you. Wow. I, yeah, I've slowed down. I, I go through like waves. Like yeah, be, between whatever it was. Um, twenty twenty was crazy for me. I. Added, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 or 250 games to my collection. I yeah. shipped That's out a lot of games. Yeah, I shipped out just on Amazon, not even counting eBay, 1,100 games in 2020. Shipped out. Wow. You want to know how many of those I got feedback for? How many? Yes. I'm going to guess around 10%, so 110. 19. Whew. That's 1%. <laughs> <laughs> I guess 19 and i and then i did get like three negative reviews because of all the the postage issues that have been happening people are like it took a month to get here and i, yeah. I, I had sent it the next day and stuff i'm like yeah what the I fuck know, are you I'm gonna sorry. do man the, the yeah. literally national news about how bad the post office yeah. is overrun fortunately amazon like crossed it out but it's still like you can still see it it's just like this was not the fault of the amazon seller i'm like but they can still see it yeah it's fine. It's whatever. Jeez, now <laughs> you make me feel it. bad because I never write. I never. I know. Do I don't either. Reviews, That's the funny ever. thing. Yeah, I'm like 
I will complain if something is wrong, but I'm, exactly. not, I'm not very likely to. Although I will say that's not true in person. Like in person, I will compliment somebody if they give good service or if they do something above yeah. board. Uh, and I'm also a marvelous tipper because I have very little regard for money. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to make people feel good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd try to be when we can, you know. Yeah. it's it, Being a good tipper is way harder when you're an uh, adult with a family and you bring your whole family out. Yeah. Uh, when you're a single gentleman out on the town, <laughs> it's easy to be a big tipper because yeah. the fuck are you spending money on anyway? I mean, I'd say I'd generally tip a uh, minimum of like 15 to 20%, but with 2020 and all the stuff, we've been trying to do more and help people out like Uber Eats and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's the good. only thing I don't like about 2020 tipping is that now people expect you to pay for the tip before you go to pick up your own food. Uh, I'm like, pre 2020, I don't know if I would have left any tip if I was coming to pick up the food, right? Because <laughs> what service am I paying for here? I'm already buying the food, the pre-made food. Yeah, like, so I'm I not st- paying for a waiter or anything. Right. So in 2020, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that tip, but I'd rather give it to you after I get like the order correct. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uber Eats is nice on that because if somebody does mess up an order, at least you can get credit or a refund back. Oh, that's good. Because if, if you go to pick up something at the store and you get home and something's missing, what are you going to do? Go back, go to, back the store. to the place. Yeah. yeah. Depends on like if your kids are screaming and all that stuff. It's like, uh, is it worth well, it for the $10 entree they forgot? So <laughs> as a father, Jay, I'm sure that you, you can, you can, we can get together on this. It's, it's always going to be our food that gets fucked. Because if if there's something wrong with that bag of food that you brought home, no matter where you bought it home from, it's uh, somebody is going to get our food, right? Yeah. And then we're going back. We're going to get the order right. Or like best case scenario, our food got fucked up so that we go back, get fresh hot food, and come home and eat a hot meal. More than likely, we're going to get somebody else fresh hot food and then coming home to eat cold ass fucking meal, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, our is, kids uh, aren't old enough. Like my son won't even touch food that we eat most of the time. So yeah, it, we're not there yet, but I'm sure I'll learn that. It is a thankless job. <laughs> I won't do it anymore. I've I've sworn off going to like any fast food joints for for picking up food because they well, always get the order wrong, and I'm always going back there. Always check it in the parking lot before Dude, you go home. It's so hard to check when you get four people's worth of food. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially if Especially you go if to they a like, restaurant. If it's like Chinese or something and they tie the bag at yeah. the top, you're like, but I wanted to check that. Or it's all in like <laughs> white boxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's, there's no like, labels on it. There's 10 white boxes here. I don't know. <laughs> like, how the fuck am I supposed to check this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, oh, we got to pick a game for next show. What, right. what game right. are we going to do for the next show? Game of the week. Uh, we had a request. I don't know. If you want to please the fans, I mean, it's out there, the request. What was the request? Strider for the Nintendo Entertainment Right. System. I never played it. Uh-huh. So you tell me what you think. I think it's a, it's a solid pick. I think we've done a lot. of We've been Nintendo Entertainment System heavy in the early going here. Um, do we want to, we want to stick with the NES? Do we want to branch out? 
Uh, Isn't maybe... there? There's also a Strider on Genesis, right? But is, is it a different game? It's a totally different game. Okay. Well, I feel like if we're gonna do, if we do Nintendo, I would really like to do Punch Out at some okay. point. Um, but I'd be okay doing one that was cross-platform too, if we can figure one out. What I I think it'd be fun to do Punch Out and to have another kind of challenge, like a. A two-week challenge to see who could get the furthest in Punch-Out. Have you ever beaten the game? I have not. I have never beaten the game either. So it would be kind of fun. So we need to figure out gentlemen's rules about, like... Cheating? Are we allowed to Are you learn? saying I'm a cheater? <laughs> Maybe. Are, uh, are we allowed? <laughs> are we allowed to use gentlemen's rule? Or are we allowed to, like, use tips that we learn about, like things or are we supposed to like play with just our general knowledge up to this point i'm gonna leave that one up to you I, uh, how do you want to do it i mean i like learning little tips and tricks and getting further than i've ever gotten before yeah um but no i mean with at least with punch out you can can like you can continue over and over and over again until you're just done yeah um is that what we're going with? I mean, we don't have to go with Punch Out, but it. it I could do Punch Out. I, I think play. Punch Out would be fun. Hopefully, uh, you know, people that have been following along with the game. So I think I think Punch Out would be a fun one too. It's like maybe we could do a little community challenge. We'll open it up to uh, if you're on Twitter, like hit us up, and we'll uh, we'll kind of a, a good natured ribbing as we <laughs> as we progress in the Punch Out game. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Sweet. People are going to be sending us like blindfolded videos. Like, here's me eating yeah. it in 20 minutes. Son of a bitch! I'm I'm telling you right now, I'm not devoting the next two weeks of my life into getting good at Punch Out. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the game probably a maximum of 10 hours over the next two weeks, and uh, we'll see how far I get. Uh, if I get really stuck on somebody, I, I'm not gonna lie, I might look up a tip video. Yeah, <laughs> it might happen. Uh, that game could be really difficult, and I yeah. doubt I'll beat it because it's hard. It's a hard game. Do you have the Mike Tyson version specifically? I do. I have the Mike Tyson version. I have the manual for it too, but I don't have the box. I've, I've been kind of yeah, on the lookout for a box. It can be an expensive box. Yeah, an expensive box. I do um, actually have an extra box that I'm going to be selling, but it's pretty beat up, so probably don't want it. Um, all right. So Mike Tyson will be the game of the episode next episode for episode 11. That'll be live two weeks from today, or on your favorite podcast platform of choice, or on YouTube. Uh, and it's actually not bad to watch the YouTube version of this, especially when Jay's showing us off the uh, the cool box arts of the games that he's collected. Um, I'd highly recommend checking out the YouTube version of the show. Most most of the shows, it doesn't matter. But this one, I don't know. It's kind of nice to see the covers and everything. Do we want to open up for community questions and stuff soon? That'd be fun. Yeah. You want to do a community question episode? Or at least a segment next episode? Why don't we do that? Twitter questions? or. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, uh, you know, the Retro Slot podcast uh, Twitter page isn't getting so much traffic that we, you know, ask us a question over the next two weeks or so. And uh, I'll look at our mentions before the show starts next week and we'll get we'll get the uh, we'll answer some questions. What do you guys got for questions? Nice. Uh, also, I appreciate stupid questions. I, <laughs> I, I think what it's ifs? almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like I like that kind of stuff. So, hit us up with some questions. Jay, where can people find you? You can find me at Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Sniperton. 
I stream five nights a week, Monday through Friday, usually Destiny, but sometimes other stuff, and it's usually in the middle of the night. So if you're waking up in the middle of the night and bored, feel free to come hang out. Uh, you can find me streaming on Jason Iberton's Twitch page for the next two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I've got the stream key, and I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Mostly I, I post bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I try to do some funny stuff over on Twitter. Uh, also on YouTube, look up Briar Rabbit on YouTube. Uh, today we did... Uh, I, I Basically, the the goal of the video today was just to show the differences between the Switch and the PlayStation version of S Cyber Shadow, just to see if it was you're getting a significant downgrade for Cyber Shadow. And then I had a little bit of fun with it after that as well. Uh, so I do all sorts of weird stuff on YouTube, whatever strikes my fancy. So come check that out as well. Nice. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Thanks for watching episode 10. We'll see you in two weeks for episode 11. Thanks, everybody. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.